Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. That was a little bit of fun, but it communicates, hopefully, the point that how we listen matters. And over the last few weeks, we've been working our way through the Gospel of Mark, and so far we've seen Jesus bringing his kingdom to earth. The sick, the lame, the blind have been healed, sinners have been made righteous, and the promise that stretches all the way back to the Garden of Eden is being fulfilled. Jesus is making all things new. And part of the way that Jesus is accomplishing these things is through his teaching. And as we move into Mark chapter 4, we begin to read a part of Jesus' teaching known as the parables. Now, a parable is a short story that reveals a spiritual or a moral truth. And the parable that Jesus tells in the opening lines of Mark chapter 4 has a pretty simple message. How we listen matters. Maybe more accurately, how we listen to God matters. Now this wasn't a new idea for God's people. For example, in the story of Adam and Eve, the fateful pair were expelled from their garden paradise for failing to listen to God's instruction. The people of Israel, in the Exodus story, they had wandered in the desert waste of the Levant for 40 years because they didn't listen to God's commands. In the Old Testament, that collection of books that uh, we Christians collectively call the Old Testament, um, that preceded and looked forward to the coming of Jesus, we're told in the book of Deuteronomy, the daily prayers of Jesus' people, sorry, God's people, began with the words, hear O Israel. So it shouldn't have come as any surprise to anyone when Jesus began the parable, that's the object of our attention today, with the command to listen. So we're going to turn to Mark chapter 4 now, and starting in verse 1, we're going to read just a little bit. Starting in Mark chapter 4, that should come up on the screen now. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat it out on the lake. And while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, listen. Let's watch a short clip to hear the rest. Jesus didn't say that. There's a clip that's going to come up on screen in just a sec, no doubt. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed... That's the sound. Some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that, though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. 
The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Nice little clip there. I often wish that I was as artistic as people that can do that. It's pretty cool. All right. When Jesus began that story with the command to listen, he of course knew that everyone on the shorefront would be able to hear what he was saying, but he knew just as well that not everyone would listen to him. Now, why? Why did some people hear his message and listen while others only heard? Not far from my staff room at school, is the primary school music room. And I walk past there pretty much every day. Uh, And sometimes I'm just so blessed to be walking past when there's a grade three class in there practicing their recorders. (laughs) Yeah, I always think to myself, how can anyone stand that? It's it's terrible. It sounds like 30 cats just screeching off key. But the truth is, I'm only hearing it. The music teachers are actually listening and they're evaluating each of the notes and weighing up whether they're right or wrong. So what made the difference between those who heard Jesus and listened to him versus those who didn't? And what makes the difference today between those of us who hear and listen to Jesus and those who just tune him out? Well, I think we need to break the parable into two parts to find out. And first, let's look at the sower. Now, who is the sower and what is he sowing? Jesus told his followers a little later in verse 14 of Mark chapter 4 that the farmer was sowing the word of God. And that must mean that the farmer in this story is anyone who's sharing God's word. It could be you, it could be me, it could be anyone telling people about God's kingdom. But at the very foundation of it, Jesus is the sower. And he totally fulfills that role. In John's gospel, John's account of Jesus' life, He describes Jesus himself as the Word. So Jesus is literally sowing the message of himself and his kingdom to those in the world. Now I get that in ancient times, farming analogies would have been all the rage, understood by everyone. But in our modern context, maybe not so much. Maybe you guys know a little bit about farming. I certainly do not. But from what I've read, farming was pretty hard yards in the B.C.s and early A.D.s. And my understanding is that farmers had to sow their seeds and then plow the field, meaning that some of the seed would end up in unproductive places. Some of it would land on the path, some would land among the rocks and thorns, and sometimes some would land among soil that looked like it was good, but it turned out to be useless. And that's just how it was. Jesus here is functionally doing the same thing. He's preaching his message, knowing that for some it will produce a harvest, but for some it will go to waste. Some had ears to hear and others didn't just like today. Now, it's helpful if we think of the parables of Jesus as a kind of filter, sorting out the few who will really listen from those who pretend to, 
and those who turn a deaf ear. So which of those groups do you fall into? How would you know? Well, we need to turn our attention to the other part of Jesus' parable and look briefly at the different types of soil that Jesus mentioned. I read something just a little while ago that stuck with me ever since, and I want to share it with you now. It goes like this. It's just a thought. It says, For all the questions we ask of God, God also asks questions of us. And it's those questions that should demand our attention before anything else. Sure, we can ask God whatever we want, but until we submit ourselves or give ourselves over to his questioning and his authority, we won't have taken him seriously. We won't have given him our respect. Now, I bring this up because this parable isn't just a story about a farmer sowing seed. It's not just a story about Jesus spreading his word. It's a question to each of us who hear it. When the word of God is shared, what kind of heart, what kind of soil will we have? Now, Jesus presents four different types of soil in this story, but really there's just two. There's productive soil and unproductive soil. Good soil, bad soil. Well, what makes bad soil bad soil? Jesus talks about types of ground that are dry and hard, rocky and shallow, and crowded and choked. And in the first example, God's word lands on the ground, but it can't get through to the soil beneath, and so it gets snatched up by the enemy. There's an author. His name was C.S. Lewis. You guys might know. Have you guys heard of the Chronicles of Narnia? You guys know that story? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So C.S. Lewis wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, along with a lot of other books. But one of his books, called The Screwtape Letters, has an older demon, or servant of the devil, counseling his junior. And in one of the older demon's letters, he says this, It's funny how mortals always picture us putting things into their mind, when in reality our best work is done by keeping things out. That's the kind of person that Jesus is describing as having a dry and hard heart, someone who has no interest in hearing his message. Secondly, Jesus mentions soil that's rocky and shallow, and his message, therefore, doesn't even get a chance to take root. Now, I have a real desire. Maybe it's more like a wish because I don't do anything to make it so, but I would love to win the lottery. Would be cool. Yep, absolutely. You have to buy a ticket if you want the chance to win it, and I've never done that, and I probably never will. But I still sometimes fantasize. I see those numbers and I think, wow, $60 million or whatever it is. Like, imagine winning that. How good. But did you know that approximately 70% of people who win the lotto end up going broke? Crazy statistic. But it's true. Why? Because most people who win the lottery have no idea how to manage money. It's like all this money just falls into their lap. And then it goes to waste because they have no root understanding of how money works. And they don't take any steps to learn more. So it is with Jesus' message. Sometimes it falls into people's laps. They enjoy it for a little while. But then it just falls by the wayside. And it goes to waste. Third, Jesus mentions soil that's crowded and choked by thorns. All right, I need you to turn on the imaginative centers of your brain for just a moment, okay? And I want you to imagine that you're at school or work, wherever you are in your life, and you've been given a group project to complete. Ugh, I know, everyone hates group projects. They're the worst. All right, have you got it? Okay, now imagine seated around your workspace or your desk aren't other people but the different parts of your life. And you all have to work together to complete the task. You've got your social self, your private self, 
your school self or work self, your fun self, and then you've got the memories of your old self all trying to work together, trying to come to some kind of agreement to get the job done. What do you think the chances are of that happening? Not very likely. In fact, it's more likely that most of these divided parts of yourself would be disagreeing, arguing, upset with each other, and maybe even lying to each other. And one of the ways that we might, and I'm going to use air quotes here, accept Jesus in a not overly true or authentic way is for us to simply invite him to be a part of our group project. Just give him a seat at the table, give him a vote, and then the rest of us will make the decisions. That's a picture of the kind of soil that Jesus is talking about when he describes it as crowded and choked. And unfortunately, there are so many of us that live like this and miss out on having the opportunity to have our lives transformed by Jesus. And that brings us to the kind of soil that our heart should be made out of. And it actually kind of brings us to the end of the lesson today. The kind of soil our heart should be made out of. Soil that accepts his word. We should have hearts that are soft and open to his message of new life. One last question for you today. So many questions, I know. Hopefully some answers too. How can we know if that's the kind of heart that we have? Jesus said that if we love one another, everyone will know we are his followers. So, how we love each other matters. And for us to love each other like Jesus first loved us, unconditionally, sacrificially, and totally, we must have soft and open hearts to hear his word, And if we hear and listen to his message, we will be like the seed that produces so much good grain. How we listen matters. How we listen to God matters most of all. Thanks so much for listening today, everyone. We're going to pray, and then we'll move into the last parts of our service. So bow your heads, close your eyes. God, thank you for the opportunity that we have to be here today. Thank you, Lord, for your word, and we pray, Lord, that you would help us all in this room to have soft and open hearts, and that we could receive your word, and we could hear it, and really listen, and that we would have transformed lives as a result. Lord, I ask that you you would provide a blessing to each and every one of these young people here today, and each and every one of these not-so-young people. God, I ask that you would help us to go into this week with your word imprinted in our hearts, And Lord, I ask that we would just produce so much good grain, that we would do so many good things in your name. And we pray these things in your name. Amen.